1: Right, here we go. Good Welcome to, go. to Drop the Gloves podcast here at the Chicago Blackhawks convention. The legend, Stu Grimson, coming in to talk to me for a little bit. Grimmer, good to see you. Good to see Thanks you. Thanks for coming out. Good to see you. It's my so, pleasure, friend. Yeah, Good to have you. Grimmer, obviously the legend for the Hawks. I was doing some research, watching some fights you had back in the day. I saw some good ones with Marty McSorley and everybody. I was doing a little more research on you. What's your, What was your toughest fight you think you had ever? Oh my gosh. That's,
0: uh, that's actually an easy question okay. to answer. When I was breaking into the game... Um, I was a member of the Calgary Flames yep. organization. Yep. And one of the great rivalries of the NHL, and it even stands up today Edmonton versus Calgary. Obviously. Dave Brown was the meanest, baddest man on the planet. <laughs> and he was the heavyweight champion of the NHL playing for the Edmonton Oilers back then. And I'll tell you what, so I'm trying to cut my teeth, I'm trying to so kind how of break old are into you the at business. This time? I'm in my early 20s, okay. 23 or 4 or so. so trying to make a name for yourself. I'm trying to make a name for myself. But I recognized the path to the NHL for me went right through Dave Brown yeah. Street. And um, so I got called up for the the front end of a home-and-home home series with the uh, the Edmonton Oilers as a member of the Calgary Flames. I got called up. It's kind of early in my NHL career. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm watching Dave Brown loop over to my side of the center red line in this game. So we played Sunday night in Edmonton. Okay. And then the back end of the home-and-home home comes into – Calgary two nights later on Tuesday so I'm looking at Brownie going this guy just I don't want I don't want any part of this but I recognize I've got to do this so first shift of the um, of the game that night first shift that he and I are out there we're locked up shoulder to shoulder with one another and I kind of gave him a shot off the draw stepped back Three right hands, three left hands, rather, cut the air above my head. No I'm like, way. I'm able to stay out of the way. I got a hold of that left hand, heavy left sound. hand, and I clocked him twice, laid him out right there. And that is your welcome to the NHL moment. That's my welcome to the NHL moment. That's the realization, like, hey, maybe I got you the stuff. You beat the shit out of
1: the toughest guy in the league. Maybe I got the stuff to stay here. Right out of the gate. And that builds confidence, because I know coming into the league, you probably, you played in the A? Uh, no, the IHL, the IHL when I was breaking me. in.
0: Yeah, no, I never, I never played any in the AHL, but I, I played in the IHL for for three years. So.
1: That's insane. So I know when I came into the show, my first fight was versus Paros. Yeah. you're terrified going into it. And like the night before, you know it's going to happen, especially being called up. Yeah, exactly. You want to make right. a good first impression. If you lose that fight, who knows what happens, right? You're, you're exactly sent down. Right. There's exactly so much pressure right. riding on that one one fight. But yeah. hey, now you're here. Yeah. So I was looking at your. Hockeyfights.com doing some research. Yeah. And I was amazed at how many fights you actually were in. Like, there's a lot of them. I'm just. And here's the interesting part about that, John. It's, you know, it's changed so much. Exactly. I thought the same thing because when I my the most fights i had in a year was 11 yeah and that was like for me 11 was wow you you fought a lot then you look back 10 15 years and that was like a good month yeah for you guys oh yeah it's like what kind of because i know if i fought twice in a week my hands were throbbing i had you know my shoulder was a little sore yeah like what kind of injuries would you get just being a fighter like
0: well you know a split lip I mean, uh, you know, somebody cuts you above the eye, you lose a tooth, you broke, a, you break a nose or something yeah. like that. It didn't happen to me all that often. Um, I might I have given better than I got at the end of the day. But, but you're exactly right. And I remember this specifically. You know, fighting once takes a lot out of you. Yes. Fighting on consecutive games or fighting twice in the same mm-hmm. game, that takes, it's a physical toll, never mind the emotional toll. I remember this one time. Uh, Rocky Thompson got called up to the Calgary oh, Flames, I and I knew before, yep. this guy's wanting to, he's yeah. wanting to prove his mettle. He's wanting to, you know, prove that he can stay, at, survive, and, and be a contributor at the NHL level. So I had fought twice in the previous two games. I was a member of the Anaheim Mighty Ducks mm-hmm. back then, and I knew Rocky. Like the third game after I had fought twice before, Rocky got called up, and I going, this kid's going exactly, to want to go. Exactly. Yeah. The last thing I want to do. I mean, fight in three consecutive games, I was just like... So, you know, he ended up kind of getting the better of me early on in this fight, and we had a pretty good go after that. But um, it, it was just a reminder to me, an example of the physical toll that doing that job takes on
1: your body. And you especially know? being a vet, he's coming into that game and he's jacked up. Oh, like, yeah, he yeah, is like,
0: absolutely. But and I'm like, doing everything I can yeah, to avoid and it. And
1: you don't want to fight, and you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. man, like, no, no. So in the actual fight, like, he's like just... He, his adrenaline's going. You're yeah. trying just to yeah. get, get it over with, basically. Yeah, get through it. Exactly. exactly. right. And that's the hard part. I always found with fighting, it was more of a relief once I got the fight over with. Mm-hmm. It was the day, the two days before. Right. And I guess it's, it was worse in my era because I would sit there and watch videos of guys. Right. Like, I'd go, okay, here's Steve McIntyre. Here comes George Peros. Here comes, you know, Brian McGrathner, Colt Knorr. Right. And you would just, like, it would mind fuck you. You'd just go over it over and over. Yeah. It. Like, did, did you know going in, like, okay, I'm playing Edmonton, or Chicago, or Detroit, like, I gotta yeah. fight Probert, or yeah. Doma. would you circle those games, or would you just kind of, like, would you stress out about it, how would you deal with that kind of... I would, I, I, I was no different than
0: you, okay. really, and here's the thing, like, this is the lesson I look back, and, um, I, 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 I remember... That I wish I had the ability to kind of do it differently during my career. It's so easy to overinvest in yes. the preparation for that part of the game. For you and I, you know, we're playing four to six to maybe eight minutes a night. So there's a good bit of ice hockey that takes place apart from that actual fight you're involved exactly. in. Exactly. But we way overinvest in that thirty seconds of an altercation with another guy, and it comes at the expense of being able to play and yeah. play effectively. I marvel that guys like Proby, who were, you know, and and today maybe Ryan Reeves is a yep, good example, exactly. or Tom Wilson is mm-hmm. a good example, but these guys they walk that tightrope, and they they they're better equipped to kind of to, to to manage the balance of being prepared to to get into a fight if you need to do that. But being prepared to play more importantly. Exactly. I, I over-invested in the other part, and I think it came at the expense of being able to, and I think to we contribute on, in other ways. That's,
1: I think people have said, like, you have to fight, you have to win, you have to fight, yeah. you have to win. Yeah. And so you focus so much on that, and, yeah, right. it affects everything else. Because yeah. I know I would want to get the fight over with as quick as possible so oh, I, I was could focus way. on the game.
0: I was the same way. Because if yeah. I
1: didn't fight in the first or second shift, I would literally be shaking yeah. on the bench like, okay, I need to get this. Like, it's you have this so much massive, adrenaline.
0: cathartic release. Yes. Like, you know, I, I know the game requires this. I know my opponent requires this. Let's do it early. I know. Get it out of the way so I can just focus on playing. There that. is so
1: much just, yeah. The re- once you, Even if you lost the fight, you're sitting in the box, you're like, okay, good, finally. Like it's it's uh, out of my system. I can go ahead right. and play the game. Exactly so, right. I don't know. Those guys, I wonder if Pro Especially him, because he, he did put up some great points. He made a few all-star games. Like he was such a good player. Yeah. Just to have the confidence to be like, okay, I know I can beat anybody up in this league. Yeah. And I can still play. I, I always worry about getting knocked out every time I fought. Like, I was the
0: same way. I was the same way. I wanted to show well in the thing that I was most uh, you know, that I, that I was most responsible for. But, you know, there is a there's an important balance there and I didn't walk it very well. I over invested in the, the physical part of it without question. Yeah.
1: What do you think? the league do you like the way they've gone with the fighting route as far as trying to phase out the one-dimensional guys like myself i'll put myself in there the the four to five minute guys you think that's helping the league or i know it's such a weird like everyone's i like the game
0: i like the game where it's at today i really do And, and and for this reason you know I think the players today given the rule changes we get a chance to appreciate the really skilled guys yeah. the guys that you know move the puck well shoot the puck well think the game well I marvel at what those players are capable of doing and and I like it's it's, it's an environment now where they can really uh, demonstrate um, you know what they're capable of doing with the puck the kids today, the uh, guys that are playing the game today, there weren't many players that could do no. that back then. But it's like every team's got four or five of those guys today, and it's remarkable. It's,
1: it drives me nuts, I know. Because back in my day, I never practiced the toe drag going up. I never practiced the sauce pass. <laughs> no, I didn't practice any of that stuff. Well, I was drilled into me: tape the tape off the glass if it's not there. Yeah, and now keep these it kids simple. Are, yeah, now they're like turn it back. You know, be creative. You know, yeah. take time and space. I'm like, I never, ever, ever, I know, learned that when I was a kid. i like, if I were to be playing hockey now and be 12 i would be such a better hockey player
0: yeah it's insane well and i think too this is a point i've made many times i think i think the technology today has changed the way the game is played too because anybody that has an appetite or an interest in learning about what other skilled players are doing yep you can jump on youtube and watch you know reams of plays replays of guys that are doing specific games and you can rather than taking an old vhs tape and yep. trying to you know uh and replay a bunch of stuff that the skilled players are doing it's just so readily available well, it's on to the you, bench now and there's no better tool yeah. than video to teach a player how to play the game so i think that's contributed too and yeah. i think it's a
1: part of why these kids play are so skilled my last few years they would literally have ipads on the bench where if you yeah. would mess up the coach would be like okay I think you did this there. And I'm like, no, I didn't know it. And he's like, yep, see, like, yeah, you did. You you should have been there. You should have been there. So it is good. And going back to, like, watching stuff, I would, like, watch fighters. So if I were to fight you, I'd be like, okay, Stu likes to come in and, like, pop me with the left. And I would sit there and, like, do so much research. And it's crazy. But, yeah, it's amazing how skilled the kids are these days. Okay, away from hockey, what are you doing now? Um... John, I got a big head. I can wear a lot of hats.
0: I do a lot of things. Let's narrow it down. What, I'm what corporate is... counsel for a company called Van Meter Insurance back in Nashville. Okay. I'm a I'm a studio analyst for NHL Network. Yes. And uh, I'm a real estate investor, and I'm business development for an IT infrastructure company called Mobility out of Newport Beach. Uh,
1: California. Wow. So I do a lot of things. You're a renaissance man.
0: I'm I'm involved in a lot of things. I have a hard time saying no. That's
1: amazing. So wow. it's it's a lot of fun. So it's what, a lot of fun. What do you do for fun these days when you're not doing all those jobs?
0: Real estate is my passion. Oh, to no be kidding. honest with you, I really enjoy real estate. My wife Jennifer and I, um, we love to buy single family homes, fix them up, turn them around, or keep them and rent them. Um, I've just I've always had a real uh, an appetite and interest for real estate. And it's a great way to kind of you know supplement the financial areas of your life, and we've we've really enjoyed that. You should do an HGTV show. That would be fun. Yeah.
1: Reapers repairs. Reapers repairs. <laughs> Reapers <laughs> repairs. Think, is where, that job number five? Where did that just? Where did that I come think, from? Well, I need to get a cut of that somehow. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's insane. Right. So when you're not doing all those jobs, you and your wife, you're at home. Yeah. What's a typical off day? Typical off day. Yeah. You're not selling homes. You're not investing yeah you're not working for the nhl you're not we live in this
0: great area of nashville it's east nashville it's just outside of downtown we got a great little uh, community neighborhood um so we'll be either hanging out in the backyard or riding bikes into town and enjoying the different restaurants bars and and um you know kind of uh, social outlets in in east nashville we love doing that and then there's probably a little bit of Netflix involved. Ah, uh, and a then A couple of hours maybe? at the end of the night.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that. All right, so how long have you been retired for out of the game?
0: Been out of the game since 2001 was my last game. December 2001 was the last game I played.
1: Did you have a, the transition from playing? Because I know a lot of guys struggle with that, like... The first few years is tough. Did you? How was your transition yeah. from playing to not well, playing? To... I had
0: a pretty good idea of what I wanted to do after I left the game. I had always enjoyed my role. I was a player rep, uh, player representative oh, to the union yeah. for most of my career, and I had kind of developed a real interest in that part of the game. So I knew that when I retired, I was going to finish off my undergrad. I had started my undergrad before I before I ever turned pro um but didn't finish it i signed before uh signed my first pro contract before i graduated so i went back to school for a year finished that and then i earned a law degree shortly after that wow all with an eye towards uh working for the union when i when i finished playing so i worked for you were probably a player during this period i was in house counsel for the pa for for two years before i went back to nashville and uh and and uh, and worked and worked as a trial attorney.
1: Wow! And I think especially tough guys because we're so, our job is never secured. Right. Like, what was your longest contract? I actually don't even tell me you had a 6 year contract. I had or a 5 year deal. Are you kidding I had a 5
0: year deal. You know
1: what I mean? You think you know a guy. <laughs> was that with the Hawks here?
0: I actually I was with Detroit okay. and we had a long deep run we went into the uh, we went to the Stanley Cup finals and I actually came up that summer and I showed pretty well. I had a pretty good run with the with the Red Wings so I got some interest. And the New York Rangers uh, tendered an offer sheet five years in length that Detroit
1: ultimately matched. So I was I was locked down for five five long years. Well, then that just shits on my <laughs> points because I was going to say being a fighter who's not well, especially me. I always thought yeah. whatever year I was year in was by the last year, year, two years at yeah, the most. Yeah, so you yeah. plan for post hockey, right? Like myself, when I was done, I, I knew okay, I was prepared for it. Other guys say right. are not prepared at all because they have those con- like you. You're lucky. Yeah, yeah. Lucky no, it was it guy. was.
0: I, I was very fortunate. I was very fortunate. It was just kind of. The, the stars aligned at one moment in time and the Rangers made this offer and, uh, it was, it was for really solid money for an exceptionally, and I was 30 years of age at the time too, which was the really remarkable part. A 30 year old enforcer, you know, you're kind of asking yourself the question at that point, if you're a manager, how long, how much longer is this guy going to be around? But no, the Rangers did offer a five year deal that Detroit ultimately matched and, be honest with you, I had another two-year deal after that. Three. I played another three years after that. So you that. played
1: 14 years? 14 years in the NHL, 17 years pro altogether. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for you. And what do you fooled miss the most? I fooled them for a while, yeah. my friend. I, know. I fooled them for a while. I fooled them for 10, 11. <laughs> but nah, yeah. What, what do you miss the most about hockey? I miss the room. Yeah. I miss the room. I really
0: do. Um, hockey players, I think because, and I'm sure this is true of most um, most team sports, but I think hockey especially because there's a physical component that's so taxing about it. You know, you cry, you sweat, you bleed, yeah. you do all these things together over a nine-month period. You really develop a close, close relationship with all the guys. And the camaraderie is really tight, and the barbs in the dressing room are,
1: yeah, are yeah. pretty
0: sharp. And um, I miss that most of all. Which really one of your,
1: Which one of your teammates do you feel like was your like the best teammate you had i know when i played i always like i bounced around i feel like jumbo joe thornton was my best right. teammate brent burns but which guys stand out for you like okay they they were great guys like oh
0: there's lots of them there's lots of them too many to number but you know guys that i played with that i really uh, i learned a lot from or or enjoyed my experience ian la was my my centerman in 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 la when we were together and okay. i really enjoyed playing with lappy um luke robitaille was a great teammate and in, in detroit as well sorry in uh in la steve Eiserman was a great captain one of the one of the greats i've ever played with he and i were drafted together and we kind of kind of came full circle when i landed with the red wings back at a later stage in my career so a lot of great memories a lot of great memories
1: all right so we're going to wrap it up soon we're going to do some rapid questions here okay. quick answers Top of the head. That, now that's a challenge for some. That's a challenge
0: for a lawyer. Lawyers don't okay, think in conclusion. You know but I'm going to. I'm going to oblige. Long I'm going to give you what short you answers, need. Do whatever I'm going to give you what you need. The favorite game you ever played in. Most. Oh, week. Okay. You can This will. This will sting for Blackhawks fans. Okay. But. Um, I was a member of the Detroit Red Wings. This is the 95 year I'm telling you about that I parlayed into a 5 year deal. Okay. But we closed out the Blackhawks when I was a member of the Red Wings in the Western Conference final. I got the game tying goal oh. in that game. In Chicago or in Detroit? In Chicago. Oh, no. I beat Eddie Belfour to tie the game. We ultimately went on to win the series and close out the series that night. Not so a bad. that was that Not was a big. That was a moment. big night
1: for me. All right. Favorite fighting moment? Oh. Other than knock a brownie out your first one.
0: Yeah, that would go up there. Um, George Laro, sorry, um, uh, Christoph Olawa was a lot of fun to fight. Yeah. He's a guy, he couldn't speak much English. He had the <laughs> thickest Polish accent. And every night I faced off against this guy, it's always, Stu, my team must win this game. We fight now. Every time I fought Christoph Olawa, those were the words the man uttered. And
1: didn't you, ter- that would terrify me. Well,
0: I got the better of it. Were you the got biggest the guy...
1: Like, because you're 6'6". Yeah. And I know when I like There weren't many was guys 6'8". bigger than me. Yeah, like there weren't were many
0: guys bigger than me. Way no. ahead
1: of the generation, because back yeah. then,
0: what was the biggest guy? Like, Most, I mean, guys that were kind of the enforcer, heavyweight, they were kind of in a six one, six two, six three. 6'2", 6'3". There weren't many guys that were 6'4", 6'5". Yeah. Not many at
1: all. What would you like, who would you like fighting better, the smaller guys or the big guys? No,
0: I like fighting guys my size. Me too. Yeah. My, I hated my fighting size. the short
1: guys, because they would just last you. Like, just wear you out, wear you out. They're yeah. trying to just, like, land one half a
0: was impossible to fight right? yeah he's always punching up at you nobody expects a guy that exactly. size to prevail against a guy my size to lose-lose and he had a head like a medicine ball you could tee off on that it head was like all day this long table where... you could tee off on that head all day long and you couldn't hurt him
1: i know i, fucking, <laughs> I know I feel, I feel the same way how many times did you fight him uh i'm Too not
0: many? sure probably i would say three or four not max close. Fought Proby yeah. about fourteen times Gosh, over the course of, of every single, I
1: wish I played back in your day because when I was you playing,
0: you would have been a, you ahead.
1: It would have been so fun because now it's like you beat up a few guys and then no one will fight you the rest of the season. Everyone's right, so right. scared to lose. And yeah, it's like yeah. I, I've been knocked out a few times, but it's just sad. The, it's probably good the way it's gone, but yeah, fans love to get dust up. All right, anyways, back to it. favorite hockey movie. Favorite
0: hockey movie? Yeah. Wow, Slapshot. Head and shoulders above the field. Okay. Um, Good. Slap shot. I don't, okay. I don't think anything comes close. No. Favorite no.
1: athlete? Non-hockey. Non-hockey.
0: Wow. I grew up a big fan of the Oakland Raiders, the L.A. Raiders. Ah. Marcus Allen was a big, big Raiders. Real. Really? I don't think anybody remembers Marcus Allen, but he was a great oh, athlete. Oh, I do, yeah. yeah. Running back, right? Oh, he was outstanding. He was You're outstanding. You're from Kamloops? Kamloops, British Columbia.
1: And what are you doing being a Raiders fan?
0: I don't know. I don't know. The Raiders were big when I was a kid. They really were. That's they when were John Madden was cool. coach. Yeah, absolutely. BC Lions? Uh, Yeah, we didn't follow CFL football all that much. So do you drink? Oh, yeah. Favorite yeah. beer? Oh, um, <laughs> oh little, yeah. Yeah, little, yeah, I, yeah, I drink. <laughs> little something, well, to, to excess. Can we say that here? <laughs> yes. uh, little something, something by, um who makes it? Is it Lagunitas? Lagunitas? Yeah, I think Lagunitas makes yeah. Little something, something. They're yeah. pretty good, yeah. It's a good beer. I like that one. Yeah, okay. I'm an IPA guy.
1: Me too. You know what? I used to be. Now, now what? Now what? Well, now I've, I I don't know if I've gotten soft in my old age, but I used to drink IPAs all the time. Now I'm like l- lagers and very oh, yeah. easy drinking beers. Oh. I don't know why. Cuz How how is an IPA a hard drinking it's, beer? It's well, it's too hoppy.
0: Oh, wow. That makes me sound like a diehard. It makes me sound like I got
1: a problem. No, it makes you sound but like I'm you're a fan a, of a hard
0: drinking you're beer. You're a man.
1: <laughs> no, I, I used to love them. Like I used to just do. If you like IPAs, all day IPA. Yeah. From uh, is that Shorts or is that what's that? Founders. Founders all day IPA. Founders all day IPA. The best IPA you'll ever drink. Uh Bell's Two Bell's Two Hearted is also is right really up there. Really solid
0: as well.
1: So, Northern Michigan. That's a Northern Michigan beer. It is. Who yes, brews that? That is founders and yeah. then bells yeah Bells yeah. is the name of the bird yes yeah okay but, good. yeah founders two-hearted try that one it's yeah so good yeah i'll have two or three of those but then i just like it's too much for me i'm sounding yeah. like a big puss now but <laughs> yeah then i switch <laughs> to like labapaloo or something <laughs> anyway okay
0: do you fish uh i used to a lot okay. we used to have a lake place back in western canada uh, i guess it's western yeah, i like canada. to fish a lot so which, yeah. what's the
1: favorite Fish you like
0: to catch? Love to catch walleye, uh, smallmouth bass. It used okay. to be on Lake of the Woods, uh, oh. Northwestern Ontario. Know exactly where, where that is. Yes, yeah. my neighbor goes fishing there all the time.
1: Spot. All right, and when you were playing, did you get to? Would you, would you get pumped up before the game on some music? Put oh, the I was on the your music walkman? master. I was I was oh, the room you were DJ. The DJ. Oh yeah
0: yeah. So I mean that that moment before the coach comes yes. in, and you, you know you have got to shut down yes. the music after the coach comes in. It's the Who, Baba O'Reilly. What's that? Led Who's Zeppelin, the, the immigrant song. You never heard of the Who? No. Oh, Robert I'm, I'm Shit, yeah. <laughs> Who's okay. the Who? All right, so the Who? The Who, Baba Led O'Reilly, Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin, the immigrant song. Um, yeah, I, I mean I had it all going on. Stones. Oh uh, lots of Springsteen. I played lot of generation. Steam. It's all throwback stuff. Oh my all gosh! Now stuff. it's like throwback stuff that none of these people
1: understand. <laughs> well, none of them understand. understand. It's better than the shit they listen to now because it's like Gucci, Gucci and I used to cover oh. the threads and Eric Nyström was yeah. the room DJ
0: and this dude would make he would make mixed music oh, for no the kidding. room, like he would yeah.
1: actually dj
0: oh i would watch him on the plane and he's got like he's got two little turntables no he's way. mixing the stuff but it's all house music uh, the whole you know the whole pre-game the ritual game's is house
1: music the games change
0: which is kind of cool but it's like i i don't know
1: it's you're lucky you're not playing anymore because <laughs> it's like that like the young kids running now and it's all techno and r yeah, and B. i it's hate exactly it. right i can't say yeah. well Sue it was a pleasure, man. My pleasure. Thanks for stopping in. That was so good. All mine. All mine. Stu Grips and everything. You're running a good podcast, my friend. You're running a good podcast.